0: Hi everyone, our uh, guest for today is El Shaka. El Shaka, hello, hello, hello. introduce yourself.
1: Hi everyone, my name is El Shaka. I am, I am a lover of Jesus Christ and um, he's the saviour of my soul. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a teacher of the word of God. And um, yeah, I... I'm just an all-round happy guy, you know. I, I like anime sometimes. Um, I I like basketball. I like boxing. <laughs> Is, uh, like I might I might I might I like well, a bit of everything. Kinda. Of. <laughs> that's nice.
0: <laughs> that's nice. That's that's nice. El carries a lot
1: of stuff, so that's why I think he likes everything. By the grace of God. <laughs> yeah so so
0: that's me ah that's nice so today we'll be talking about old rugged cross um did you have old enough time rugged. to go to go through
1: it yeah i read i read i read up on it i read upon it okay quite interesting okay,
0: that's cool. okay okay that's cool
1: that's cool so anyway i'll be
0: praying and then we would start okay um, yes Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here at this moment, and Lord, I pray that as we converse, that um, your spirit will be present in our conversation in the mighty name of Jesus, and I even pray amen. that as people listen to um, this conversation, their lives will be changed, life will be transformed, um, and you'd even bring your children onto repentance through your word in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, uh, so, I want to play something for you. Okay. Yes.
2: Oh, my sweet, sweet Esther. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that school <laughs> That's girl me. <laughs> I met for the first time at <laughs> local church. I can't forget that day. How you peeped at the corner of the staircase to gaze for the first time upon the man who had stolen your hearts on WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> you run up to me, and you hugged me in a way that I can never forget. Wow, You God. planted your face into my chest, and you held me so very tight. In that moment, you said no words, but I heard everything that your heart was saying. And in that moment, I knew that this was a woman I was going to protect for the rest of my life. I made vows to you, to myself, to God. And over the course of our love story, amidst the highs and the lows, the twists and turns, the laughter and tears, I realized, that the only man who can keep a vow is the man who lives his life on the cross. The only promise that matters is a promise that is willing to carry a cross. Love without a cross, is not worth anything at all. So today, in the presence of God before you, our family, and friends. I make a vow to pick up my cross daily for you. I make a vow vow, to die on that cross daily for you. I make a vow to allow myself pass away every day for me to be a channel of the resurrecting power of God's love, compassion, and mercy towards you. In times that I am hurt, I make a vow to forgive you. In times that I feel betrayed, I make a vow to be gracious towards you. In times that I feel emptied, I make a vow to seek the infilling of my Father, so that I may in turn fill you. In times that I am embarrassed, I make a vow to let you see my shame and invite you into my pain. In times that I am happy, I make a vow to be a great cheer and brighten the smile on your face. In times of little, I make a vow to share my last penny with you. In times of great bounty, I make a vow to chalk my whole life with you. (laughs) I make a vow to pour enjoyment on your head. (laughs) I make a vow to look for the God in you on your worst day and love you until the darkness is greatly overcome by the light. I make a vow to love you through sickness and even in great health I make a vow to love you in times when you are broke and causing strange debit alerts in my bank account. (laughs) I make a vow to love you in times when you are balding and decide to shock my account with some mysterious credit alerts. (laughs) I make a vow to love you as Christ loves me. God made a good decision when he chose you for me. I made a better decision when I chose you for me.
0: Hallelujah!
2: The enemy has a way of blinding our eyes with the most precious gifts. I am so glad that God has helped me to see you the way that he sees you. I'm so glad that God has helped me to see. I am so glad that God has helped me to read. (laughs) Can you read? (laughs) So here I am, my sweet Esther, and I'm that you have chosen me as I have chosen you. I vow to be faithful towards you. I vow to have eyes for not other than you from today until death do us part. So help me, God.
0: Jesus. Yes, that's what I wanted to listen. So
1: <laughs> that's such a nostalgic recording. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> God. Have yeah, been going, going back
0: coming. to it since, since since that time? Yeah. Really
1: yeah. It. yeah. I listened to it on our anniversary actually
0: our anniversary mm. yeah yeah that was last year december yeah like it's been like 440 days since you made those Love.
1: walls <laughs> oh you actually you actually did the math wow <laughs>
0: I yes i
1: don't even know if that's the accurate number but i'm just going to take your word for it <laughs> yeah
0: it's 443 today like i i used wow. an online calculator yes wow i i thought to start with that because uh i mean i think the the reason why i started with that um fully formed in my mind just before we started recording um just going through the hymn it's a vow um i see it like it's a vow between like uh, the believer and uh the cross so that part where it says i would um cling to the old Rugged cross, till I exchange it someday for a crown. It's a vow, and I just uh, would like to ask: Like when you wrote your marriage vows, by the way, what we played was El's marriage vow. When, when, (laughs) when you wrote it, what what was going through your mind? Like what was going through your mind when you were writing it
1: down? Man, when I was writing it, you know, I just thought myself (sighs) that. Many people climb the altar, you know, on, on the wedding day and mm-hmm. you know, they make all manners of vows, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And there is no resolve in their heart to actually die, literally, to their old way of being, right? You yes. go into a marriage and you want to keep talking the way you used to talk, acting the way you used to act and never wanting to budge for anything or anyone. And it's just a fallacy, you know, and um, whilst I was writing, um, in my reflection, I just said to myself, if one isn't ready to carry a cross and die on it every day, it is impossible to actually have a true marriage. It is impossible to actually love someone because there's no how you're going to be with someone for a very long time and they you're going to get on your nerves, right? Yes. There's, not, there's no how you can be with them and sometimes you won't feel Unseen, unloved, even sometimes betrayed, right? And in those moments, if one doesn't take the cross, love cannot survive, you know. So, so yeah, it was based on that that I wrote that vow. Oh. The cross is at the at the root of marriage. So, so yeah, that's that's what I had in my heart.
0: Oh, I remember. Hearing you say the vows, that I was like, Oh, this all, I must copy this thing.
1: <laughs> I,
0: I must copy this thing, and I was having this bit of regret that I did not record it right because I didn't know that it was being recorded. I was having it because I was like, How can I? So, I had I, already made up my mind that what I'll do is I'll come to L and I would ask him for his vows, and I'll copy it.
1: <laughs> that was
0: the plan before you guys guys uh, but it got uploaded but yeah it was it was really it was really an experience um it was really an experience that i'm grateful to god so and just like when you yeah, explain like your mindset when you were writing it you said something and i'd like to ask you a question like from the vow um he said there was something he said about how love without the cross is not worth anything at all and uh, i would like mm. you to speak a little bit about that like even outside of marriage like just life itself
1: i mean i have to start with the bible you know um john 3:16 says for god so loved the world that he gave you know that he yeah. gave and literally lets us know that love is first of all identified by what you're willing to lose because you can't give something if you don't lose it. Like if I give you a hundred dollars, I lose a hundred dollars for you to gain the yes. hundred dollars. And when you claim to love something or you claim to be in love with something and mm-hmm. you don't have an intention of losing anything, the love is unsubstantiated. You know, it's what you call undue love. <laughs> right? Because, you know, yeah. it's like a parent with a child, right? You lose your time you lose your sleep you lose your energy as they start to grow older you might you might not lose as much sleep because they start to have a very you know general sleep routine etc but then you begin yeah. to lose a lot of money right paying school fees you know
2: you're just going to yeah. keep
1: giving right and yes in some way you know one gets to the point where in giving and actually witnessing someone getting blessed by what you gave to them you're already receiving But
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: before anyone even gives you any kind of commendation before your child you know becomes for example now there's this guy called the rock who is world famous and everything and you know he's been showing online over the past couple of years how he you know bought his mother a house bought her car and everything so Like yesterday, he just bought bought her her dream home, you know, with pictures from childhood. Like he made it very memorable, right? She was crying her eyes out. It's not until that happens (laughs) that I want to feel rewarded from giving in love, right? When we truly give in love, that moment when that person is blessed, we're already blessed. Everything else is an addition, you know. And if one doesn't have that, Love doesn't really exist and you actually wouldn't give people... Because true love actually looks at someone and says to itself, how can this person be well? How can this person be okay? How can this person be happy? And what can I give away for myself to make that happiness possible? You know, it's completely not self-centered, you know, and the self or self-centeredness always runs away from the cost. You know, so once you talk about leaving that mindset of self-centeredness already, we're talking about dying, right? Because now if yeah. you're not satisfying yourself. You're not pleasing yourself. You're actually working to please and satisfy someone else. It's a dying experience, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, I, I think that's what I'll say to, you know, what's the meaning of, you know, um, love not being too yeah. how did I say it I can't remember love without the cross around. is not worth anything <laughs> yes. at all love without the cross yeah because the cross talks about you giving something for another person to have and you know you can't claim you love someone if, you, if they never get anything from you, you mm-hmm. know, so so yeah that's that's what I'll say
2: you
0: know mm-hmm. yeah I remember but what about you? That... Well, for me, I think something that the Lord has taught me is how uh, God does not love us because, right? It's like, it's almost like people say, oh, why do you love me? And someone is like, oh, I love you because, right? And that's mm-hmm. like a prefix to starting the statement. But in God's case, and I think what he desires for us as well, his own statement would be, because I love you, I will do this so Mm -hmm. whatever you have to give or whatever you are is not the reason why he loves you right so like Mm -hmm. for him it's like the love is the roots or like you usually see the love is the effect and whatever he does for you out of that is um a cause and i think Mm -hmm. that's just uh yeah like from what you said as well that just it makes sense But it doesn't make sense to a lot of people because, I mean, there are a lot of statements going around um, that I particularly do not agree with. Um, There's one in particular that I remember when people say, oh, nobody really loves you. Um, And yeah, I I hear that thing and it's like, "Ah, I don't think I agree with this because if you're claiming that nobody really loves me and you're boldly telling me that, then I think it's even then you can't claim that you love anyone because if you're claiming nobody loves me then you have no right to also claim that you love anyone or things like don't be the go-to person for someone who is not the go-to person for you and just all of these um things that sound nice but at the heart of it i think they are really just spreading um they're really spreading wickedness at the end of the day and just breeding a very self-centered generation. I heard there's a Washington say something sometimes that's quite funny. He said it's even so bad that the number one picture today is called a selfie. <laughs> right, right. Number one picture today is called a selfie. So it's just a, a very self, yeah, self-centered world. Yeah, self-centered world. And I mean, it's it's not leading really, you know, us. To any place because um, just using statistics and facts, we see that oh, with the rise of self, 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 there's a rise in divorce. There's a rise in there's a rise in wickedness, generally speaking. So like we can't even there's something that for someone would say. how would always say you cannot do anything against the truth, but for the truth. So like. One plus one is two. Like there's nothing you're going to do to to de- defeat that, right? With the rise of self-centeredness in a generation, it's it's inevitable that we will get the results we are having. I mean it's even I think it's by God's grace and mercy that they are not worse in a sense. Well, yeah, that's that's it for me. And I think it's like I said, that day when I, I everything you said that day, like from the moment today talking about the cross.
2: <laughs> Woo, i felt like damn
0: such such a nice i mean i have not been to a lot of weddings um i have not been to a lot of weddings so i wouldn't say i've heard a lot of vows but i think i can probably say um I, I i'm not going to hear a better vow than a vow that is birthed from the same spirit it may not be the same words but just in that form right just mm. in that form Because I was speaking to a friend, that was yesterday, Sunday, and uh, just um, sharing with her something I heard Jordan Peterson say, and he talked about how he and his wife, like, they just have that mindset that they are stuck with each other, right? Whatever happens, they are stuck with each other, right? And stringing that along with the fact that a lot of people, even before they get into marriage, and I think I've already said this before, they're already considering so many things that, would, that can make them quit. It's almost like I'm going into this thing where if this happens, I'll quit, if this happens, I'll quit. The same thing with just friendships, relationships, and even with um jobs as well. It's like, yeah, people don't like suffering anymore, right? People don't like suffering anymore. I think that's something we we'll have to speak about later, like choosing suffering, like choosing the cross. People don't like it anymore. Um, And, and the truth is, it's inevitable. Suffering would always come, so I think it's just better it's better you get to get to choose it um one way or the other but then yeah that's uh yeah so that's 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 what i think um that's Mm -hmm. what i think so yeah in in your opinion how would you i know this is a subject that is very dear to your heart (laughs) how would you describe (laughs) the cross like what is the
1: cross the cross is many things you know but above all Mm -hmm. you know it's um it's sacrifice, you know, Yeah. it's sacrifice, it's the laying down of something very valuable to you in order to pick up something more valuable to you, if I put it that way. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) It's like an exchange of value. For example, I'm reminded of that scripture when Jesus Christ talked about how the kingdom of God is like a merchant who found... A precious pearl and sold everything he had to acquire it. Right? Mm -hmm. So everything he had is value. It's something that is like very valuable to him. And he sold all of that, gave that away in order to acquire Mm -hmm. the pearl that is also valuable to him, if not more valuable. And in a funny way, you know, one might see that and think it's just about a man giving everything he has in order to acquire God. But when you reflect, it also shows how God gave away everything he had in order to acquire man. Right? So it's that place where I give up something that is very valuable to me, that costs me a lot Mm -hmm. in order to acquire something that I know is more valuable. In a sense. For example, a very simple example is in in school right mm-hmm. my grades are very valuable right my sleep is also valuable. you get my point my sleep yeah. is valuable but my grades are you can say more valuable and in order to mm-hmm. gain those great grades i sacrifice my sleep and i might gain grade you know in order to gain good grades i might sacrifice some weekend hangout i might sacrifice some tv show time it's just like an exchange the course talks about an exchange because when you put one down you're picking something up, right? And I think that's something that ought to be emphasized more, you know, because oftentimes, you know, when we talk about the cross, there's a lot of emphasis on on what is laid down. And that is true. You can't be in denial of the costs that are put on you. But there's that place where you also fix your eyes on what you're gaining in turn. You know, I mean, every parent who's had a child and put them through school, you can't tell me it hurt. You know, except maybe they had like, you know, billions and then, you know, they really mean so much But the average person, right, bringing up money to pay for primary school, high school, university, it's a lot, you know, I'm sure the parents, you know, they probably lost on opportunity to buy a new car, maybe get a bigger mm-hmm. house. Many things they could have done with the money, but they put wow. it down at the thought of their child having a great education and having a, a chance at a, at a bright future. And in that Mm -hmm. moment, they weren't really thinking so much about the Mm -hmm. money being spent as they were thinking about what they would enable their child to become. And actually what the cross, you know, means to me, you know, it talks about an exchange of something lesser for something greater. It's true. Mm -hmm. Even though it doesn't seem like it, right? It's actually the laying down of something worth less for something worth more, right? Jesus Christ's life was worth something, but from his point of view, it wasn't worth as much as all his brothers and sisters in this world. And because of that, he laid down his life in order to pick every single one of us up. So that's really the cross. You know, you can have a relationship with someone and if the relationship is of more value to you, then you might sacrifice, your bitterness you know your resentment your grudge in order to pick up the relationship sometimes you might sacrifice your pride sometimes you might sacrifice your wants right and again all these things your pride your wants these are valuable things to you right but you're willing to lay them down for a greater value that you have deserved so when I think about the cross that's really what I, I think about you know an exchange of value so yeah yeah what about you i might i, I might see i'm interviewing you now <laughs> you no, it's call... fair enough fair enough <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i think uh just from the physical um uh, point of view i i i did is i read in a bit about the death on the cross like just because, I mean, um, historically speaking, it wasn't, they didn't create it because of Jesus. It was something they did to people, to criminals. And yes. uh, I read about it and just from the physical standpoint to so what it could mean symbolically. Uh, I think it's a messy way to
1: die. Do you say messy, like M E S S Y? Yeah. Yeah, it was messy. It, it's an it embarrassing was way to go. lose
0: your life.
1: <laughs> yeah. First of all, you don't die immediately and they nail you to the cross. You actually yes. die from being choked, from the pressure yes. of your of your 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 hands being lifted up above your head, you know. So it was just messy. Some people take seven days before they die. Birds will eat your eyeballs, pluck up your yeah. it was just a terrible thing. I think yeah. it was
0: even merciful on their part to nail Christ and not tie him instead. Because in with inhaling, I think you would lose blood. So, like on the part of losing blood, you just have to die faster than someone play. who is just tied, tied up. And uh, yeah. <laughs> So, like yeah, just yeah. when I when I read about it, was like ah, man, this is yeah, it's embarrassing from the fact that they would have to strip you of your clothes, and yeah, it's 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 very embarrassing. And just looking at it symbolically, I mean. Christ even said, oh, if you're going to follow me, you have to pick up your cross. So it means for me that um, certain times we'll have to make sacrifices that could that could look embarrassing, um, that could look embarrassing, like the thing you said with, with pride. Um, I have been meditating on something in recent times and how in i've I'm, i mean i don't know if there's anyone this but i've barely ever seen a christian or a believer defend um stuff like fornication or pornography or adultery but it's very easy for me to see people defending anger and pride yes so people are not yeah people will say oh i'm addicted and the first thing people's mind go to is pornography and stuff like Fonography. that you Need to be delivered from it, but people barely ever think about pride <laughs> or, yeah, absolutely. or anger because it's like, ah, huh? it's justified, oh, please, it's justified. I remember having a conversation with a friend a couple of years ago, and it's like, why are you always getting angry? I was like, oh, this, that, that happened. That's telling, like, bro, if you want to get a reason to get angry, you'd always see a reason. There's always going to be a justifiable reason to be angry or to be mad at people. And I've just been thinking about it that way, and it's like sometimes when, and even the movies and the music, songs, and society generally, to an extent, discourages us from um, letting go of anger and pride. And it could be embarrassing when someone decides to, when someone decides to do that. I mean, if if someone punches me in public and I refuse Mm. to do anything about it. I just picture people calling me a punk or one thing or another because yeah yeah, I'm choosing not to take that path and for me that's just what it looks like sometimes it's embarrassing but there's also the fact it can be very painful it can be very it can be very painful losing those things you have to lose um, sometimes it can be very painful and I don't think it's Something that is unique to any one person because we all get to experience it. I was, I don't think there was ever a morning when I was happy that my mom came to wake me up by 4 a.m. to go and have my baths for secondary school. There was never a morning I was happy about that. So Yeah, yeah I hated those days. Oh <laughs> God, it was
1: still nah, bring the memory great. of those days.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's annoying. So it can be it can be very painful, and I think it's it it would even help us if we expect the pain because I mean it may help us um enjoy it better. I can remember the time I dislocated my arm, oh. the first few times when I had to get massaged. Um, it was really painful, but I believe oh. as time went on and I expected the pain, like okay, it's going to hurt. So I have to prep myself for this hurt, then it was an easy burden for me to bear. And even with that, like even using the case of them massaging my arm as an instance, um, I could say don't touch my hand, right? Because it's not going to hurt if you don't touch my hand. But I need to bear that pain in order to get healed, right? I need to bear that pain, else my hand is going to be in a bad position for the rest of my life because yeah. i mean I'm, I'm, I'm not i'm here to confirm but i think if you don't treat such things early enough you you almost permanently get deformed in that part of your body so like yes. that pain was necessary for me to later get to use my arms but if i said oh don't touch it yeah fine it's not going to hurt it probably may not even hurt me anymore until this time but that arm may have been rendered useless and it was my right arm and i'm right-handed so <laughs> <laughs> Probably by now I'll be writing with my left or something and yeah, for me, <laughs> for me, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's just what it is for me. It's, it's mm-hmm. a place Sorry. of death, painful death, embarrassing death and uh, yeah, that's, that's it for me. So like you mentioned um, relationships, I, I don't know, I have a lot of conversations with people. Someone said to me sometime, I think it was earlier this year, late last year, and I was asking him what his experience being married has been like because he's been married for like two years and mm-hmm. he was telling me about how if you're a Christian, that mm-hmm. marriage is like the ultimate piece of crucifixion. Yeah, crucifixion. And uh, yeah, like I, I would like to talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen. <laughs> it is very difficult to merge. With another person who has come from a different walk of life, who has had um, different life experiences, who has a different worldview, and all those kinds of things,
2: yeah. becoming
1: one with such person, except one is to become one, right? And yeah. then your, your home will be hell, right? Where you don't want to change, you know, you don't want to adjust your your tone of speaking, you know. Sometimes you might come from a home where you know people shout to express mm-hmm. themselves, so if I'm uncomfortable, I express by and that's how I've done my things, right? And let's say in my yeah. house, that's very normal. For example, my mom, her family, that was normal, bro. <laughs> like, I thought it was just her until I one day I actually observed her mom, her brothers, all of them they shout and they're not angry, they just shout. Yeah. Right? Like, or even on the phone, they're just in, their voice is like on well, 95 decibels. <laughs> 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 like, like we shout, right? Now, uh-huh. if that's how you grew up, you know, I shout to express myself. Now, yeah, with someone who, the moment your voice goes above a certain vocal range or noise range, yeah. they get anxious. You know, they feel unloved. You know, they feel, um, like you're being cruel. You can't not take that into account, right? And from your point of view, I'm not trying to harm you by shouting. I'm mm-hmm. not shouting because it's me, but in your observation, your shouting is harming your ability to unite with that person. Yeah, that's where the cross comes in. I mean, we talked about how the cross talks about sacrificial love, where yes. you give something away in you know, order to gain something more valuable.
2: And in that moment, yeah.
1: that something more valuable could be your partner's peace of mind, your partner's joy, you know, their happiness. And you say, you know what? I've yelled all my life, but this person who I really feel deeply for, they look like they're in so much pain. You know, and even though it's hurt me to give away this thing I'm doing, you know, because even that place of shouting, you know, it has to do with a lot of the absence of self-control, right? Because the moment you just feel the emotion inside of you, boom, you just let it out. And yeah. restraining all that energy within oneself is very painful, right? So, yeah, in that moment when you decide to go against your natural inclinations, there's a kind of pain you feel, you know, there's a kind of sorrow you experience in your heart, and that's mm-hmm. a dying moment, believe me. <laughs> mm-hmm. In fact, the concept of marriage being yoked to one person for the rest of your life romantically is very difficult. It is. And it's a cross one has to It's quite frankly, right? Because over the course of your life, you're going to find people who will pick your fancy, people who you find yourself attracted to, people who you you like. You know, you like their sense of humor, you like their smell. These things happen. Like, it's not like you try to do it. You just find yourself Liking people. It doesn't need to be sexual, but you just find yourself liking people. In that moment, mm-hmm. that desire has to be put mm-hmm. on that subjection. Immediately. Yeah, it's painful. Do you understand? That in itself yes. is a cross where every day you keep on choosing the same person. Because you think the choice is only on the, of the altar. No, the altar is just the first time you publicly declare it.
2: Mm-hmm. But for the
1: rest of your life, you're going to have to be choosing this person every day even when their, their breath is smelling, even when their body is smelling, even when they shave their head from some depression, even when they have temper tantrums, even when they're sick, even when they're broke and eating all the money, even when they're rich and they're mocking for not having money, like... <laughs> yeah. Choosing this person every day. It's a cross. It's a cross because you have an alternative and you are treating one thing you value or another thing you value. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Yes. Because, yeah, it's it's, it's a perpetual trade-off every day. And, I mean, just like going to the gym, right? When you pick up the weight and you lift it and then you use the weight to resist gravity. Every time you deny that weight, from falling onto you, some kind of strength is built. Yeah. Some kind of resistance to the weight is built. Every time you push it away, you resist, you resist, you resist. You start to grow a lot of strength, a lot of resistance to that weight. And before you know it, all of a sudden 10 kg that was once a challenge to you starts to feel too light. And then you don't have to add 20 kilos, 30 kilos, 40 kilos. But that can happen unless you first of all start by resisting 10 kilograms. And mm. an example of resisting 10 kilograms is when you're in a relationship and your spouse says something that offended you, right? In that moment you start to have thoughts of revenge. Revenge maybe by you know keeping malice so that you won't speak to the person. Mm. You know, revenge maybe you, you hurl insults back. Um, revenge that maybe, you know, you'd say bad things about the person to their friend, whatever it might be. In yeah. those moments, when you resist that weight, <laughs> if that makes sense, you start to gain strength to overcome, right? And then, back then, it was so easy for you to hurl insults, but because you've been resisting and resisting, all of a sudden, it such easier. things, they, yes, it gets easier, you know? And then it takes a whole lot more to get you to speak like that or act like that or respond like that. And that's pretty much how marriage is. You know, if one does it the right way, yeah. you know, where you're ready and willing to give up the things that you think are valuable for the things that God knows are valuable. I hope that's right. I hope I, I, I yeah. that well. Yeah. 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 so yeah that's that's pretty much in my opinion you know the cross in, in marriage it's um, exchanging worthless things for things that are truly pricey but well, here's a mm-hmm. trick those worthless things or those things that are worth less in the beginning we don't know that yes you know we don't know that they are worth less than this sometimes we think our ego is worth more and peace in the home but that is wrong and we're fine with our ego staying intact even if the peace in the home is ruined and that's a false estimation of reality right but with the entrance of god and the awareness of god we start to realize that my ego is worthless all right i'm I'm intentional about saying worthless i'm relating it to peace like in relationship to peace, so peace ego yeah. is worthless right yeah. because it's worth something it's not like it doesn't have worth. it's worth something but no matter what it's worth it's not worth as much as peace right and yeah. to sacrifice peace for my ego is like giving away a rolls royce phantom for two hundred dollars like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's stupid <laughs> you understand know what i'm saying yeah but being delivered from that ignorance, you know, that's, that's then the journey of marriage, you know, when we start to realize, my oh, God, in the beginning, it's very tough. And still, I'm, see, I'm talking about I've been married for like 50 years. But in my short time, right? <laughs> yeah. In my short time, I really thought some things were worth more than they were. And I was willing to trade peace for those things that I thought were worth more than peace. Yeah, and realizing that it was a lie was very painful. It was very difficult, you know. And mm-hmm. I didn't agree initially. Come on, I have my point. You didn't get me. Maybe that plays an argument where you really want to be right, and you think that that's what that's what matters the most.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, something.
0: I yeah. I, I mean, I, I think. <laughs> when you he said you would not been married for up to fifty years. <laughs> I I'm I'm not married as well, but I, I in in my opinion, um I think our we can very much learn from our experiences with just friendships and relationships that we have with people, especially those who are very close to us. Because I personally would always feel like marriage is just, in my opinion, the highest form of a friendship, right? And usually I find it strange. I will think that it's all it's all easy because it's almost like, I mean, look at your personal life and the people you've been friends with for a long period of time, people you've been really good friends with. And I mean, you can tell it's not, it's not an easy journey. Because you still have to make sacrifices in just your friendships that are not even as um, high in value as your marriage. And it's, it's just common sense to know that, oh, if being friends with my best friend for the past five years has been this much work, then being married to somebody, which is a yeah, is whole level of something else, for 40 years is not going to be easy. More quickly, I would like to ask, like, um, and if, if you don't get the question, you can, can say something. How do you think the rapid availability of options in our time prevent us from dying on the cross?
1: It makes it much harder, <laughs> right? Mm. Because when a lot of us, you know, we grow up very modest, you know, so yeah. we grow up in houses, maybe two bedroom, you know. If we reflect, you know, two bedroom. Some of us in one bedroom, you know, and at that time, we were happy as children. Like, it, it, it didn't mean anything. You know what I mean? For, for example, growing up, I shared a room with my, my older sister. Mm-hmm. So we had we had um, two beds in our bedroom. Um, my mom and dad had their bedroom and there's a guest bedroom. But I and my sister shared one bedroom. And at that time it mean anything. You know, we won't have the same like, drawer where she has the I think she has the three drawers above. I have the three drawers below. And it's fine. But now that I have my own place, not even just my own bedroom, but like my own house, my own space, it'll be very hard for me to go back to living in one room with her. Right? Because now I have something to compare that to. Mm-hmm. We face a cross when we have options. If you don't have an option, there is no cross, there is no loss because you don't you don't have to choose between anything. You just have Mm -hmm. what you have, right? So people who don't have options cannot really be regarded as people who have sacrificed anything, because you can only like I said, sacrifice is an exchange, right? You lay down something for another. But if you've never had anything to exchange, you don't know what sacrifice is about, right? So so around your question again, so I make sure I'm not not off point. like the
0: availability of options and how it makes you yes, to, yes, yes. to die on yes. the
1: cross. So in our generation, you know, um, like back then, if you want to see a beautiful girl or a handsome man, you have to leave your house, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go to the supermarket, you have to go down the street to see a beautiful girl or a handsome guy. You have to leave your house, right? And sometimes you might not even see that, right? Before mm-hmm. you can get to know the personality of a beautiful girl or a handsome guy you have to be in close proximity to them isn't it so like so you probably have to be in the same class with them or the same workplace with them and you see already with all this i'm saying your options are already getting very limited because how many people you actually spend that much time with (laughs) right so it wasn't that easy to you know get to know people get to know about them you know, and also what even their house looks like. How many people are you actually going to see their house? You know, see the bedroom, see what on social media? Wow. <laughs> wow, it's a I real can look wild. at you every day. <laughs> you know, I can look at you every day. I can see your bedroom. I can see your house. I can even get to know the name of your dog. I can get to know what brand you like to feed your dog. I can know what time you go to bed. Like I can fall into a very deep fantasy with about fifty people. And all those 50 people, I begin to compare them with what I have. Staying with what I have becomes 50 times harder than the time when people were not exposed to this much variety of options. Mm -hmm. And it's not even just with relationships, but with everything, with your job, with your friends. You know, because you th- you say, oh, my friends are so nice, you know. And all of a sudden, you go online and you see how people's friends are throwing them dinners in the sky. Like, oh, my God, what kind of useless friends do I have? No one has ever <laughs> told me. And I <laughs> talk about some dinner in the sky. Like, you know, you just see all those things. And they use all those things to begin to judge what you have. You know, you, you thought your clothes were great. Or if you see someone online wearing this kind of clothes, life just gets so miserable. You know, because, first of all, from childhood, Many Mm -hmm. of us weren't taught how to be content, right? Contentment was not a class that many of us went through. And it's unfortunate because that's a class we all need. That's what you call fundamental education. Much more important than mathematics. Much more important than English. Contentment. Where I can see what is in your hand. Mm -hmm. I know that it's very valuable and attractive Mm -hmm. but I can also see what's in my hand and I know it's very valuable and attractive and Mm -hmm. I'm fine with what's in my hand. And even though what's in your hand looks a bit more beautiful it looks more beautiful because either you or someone before you has worked on it to make it look like this. If mine doesn't look like that yet, it's because me or someone else hasn't yet worked on it. And if I do so, I'll look like that. And looking at life that way, every mighty business began very small. Walt Disney started off very small, in a small corner of his house. As a matter of fact, his initial drawings got stolen a lot, you know. And Jeff Bezos, for example, too, he started off in his garage. Mark Zuckerberg was rejected by so many people, right? You see, all these people, they all began with things that no one really wanted. But when they worked on it, it mm-hmm. expanded and became something very beautiful. Now, having people to understand that, that mm-hmm. if you want something beautiful, attractive, you have to work for it, you have to earn it. It changes, you know, the world view. It changes the way people approach life, engage the world, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that wasn't taught to many of us, you know. And honestly, the internet is only a bad place if we're not trained to have self control. Yeah. That's why the internet becomes the worst thing in the world. Internet is a bad thing, it's a good thing. It's what it is. What makes it good or bad depends on us as people and our ability to use it without abusing it and without it abusing us. You see, mm-hmm. so the great amount of exposure to different options—you know, different colors, different races, different marriages—because back then it was okay. I'm not gonna say back then, but the average. Well, let me say, in general, people say, "Oh, let me." Okay, it's a crime, quote unquote, societal, spiritual, etc. That you're married and. You're looking at another man, another woman, and desiring them, right? That is established as not good, right? But there are cases where I don't do that, but I'm actually watching another person's marriage, right? All the social media marriages. I see how the man, you know, cooks breakfast, lunch, and dinner for his wife. I see how the wife always kisses his feet, how she massages him every night. You know how I just see that. And mm. instead of looking at the value in potential that I have in my marriage start to look at their own. Oh my God, why is it my own like this? And every day I keep on doing that. I start to hate my marriage even more.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah. I start to despise it even more. And that's how everything just flows out. And what was the reason? The reason was because I thought Mm -hmm. that the grass is greener, not because someone waters it, but because it's on the other side. (laughs) <laughs> and that's yeah and that's a policy many people have right they forget yeah. that if the gut is green there's a gardener somewhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know so um so yeah that, that's what i think about you know like why why those many options have an impact today yeah because like <sighs> what's the question against like a pressure what, what's the question why are they have
0: really really many options make it hard to stand across yeah yeah
1: because pe- people don't have self-control people are not very content you know and because of the internet we're exposed to too many options mm-hmm. the problem is only too many options the problem is our, abil- our inability to be content our greed yeah. our covetousness now that that's, that's why it's painful and that's why many of us are going to suffer <laughs> <laughs> Because a lion in the field, there are a hundred gazelles in the field. He doesn't care about the hundred. He just cares about that one that has strayed a little bit away from the pack. That's all. And he begins to move toward it. It doesn't matter whether in the name of, you know, the stampede, another one comes in. for He doesn't care. That one that he has fixed his eye on is the only one he's going to go after. <laughs> You yes, <laughs> so I don't care about anybody else. I am fine with you. There's one that is bigger, there's one that is slow. Yes. I know. You that are chosen, I'm content. You know? Yeah. And
2: yeah.
1: That content. We can learn a lot from animals, you know, the good things. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs>
0: so yeah. yeah. Actually. Actually like uh like this whole contentment thing i think it's a big part of the reason why so like something i thought about it yeah one of the thoughts that crossed my mind at the time was how like if you look at the elderly ones like our fathers Mm -hmm. our parents and stuff we see how they are like I, i i i got three kinds of relationships in view like we see how our yeah. uh, elderly ones they have friendships that have lasted very long like yes yeah. especially as my friend for 30 years for 40 years for 20 years and that same um, virtue of contentment and just being where they are they expresses itself in their marriages as well so they get they, they stay married for a long time and that same thing expresses itself in their relationships with god as well and even though we might say, oh, they don't have some level of revelation that we have, the thing is that they've been there, right? But I'm not even sure with a revelation, there's any proof they're going to be there if I come back in the next week <laughs> to 30 years. But yeah. I just see how it's spread across all of these different relationships that they have with people, with their spouses, and with God. And it's it's really something I I believe we we have to learn. So well, yeah, um, that's, that's really good. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So, um, Last words and then you pray and then we leave.
1: There is no growth without a cross. You know, um, in order to be born, we have to die. In order to ascend, we have to descend. And that simple truth, if we're armed with this, Mm-hmm. life will be much easier it won't be easy right because life was never made to be easy but it'll, mm-hmm. be, it'll be easier because now we have better definitions to things that in order to acquire something of great value some kind of great cost has to be paid and when one is at peace with that it won't hurt you so much when the bill comes because you know yes. this thing because I mean for, for people who are very realistic right I mean, have you ever had a situation where someone did something so nice to you and when they gave you their price, you have to give them more than what they asked you. Have you ever had has that ever happened to you before?
0: Yeah, it has.
1: Well, you paid someone more than they asked because yes. you believe that what they gave you is not worth what, what they, they were asked for. for. Yes. And that's that's life, right? There are times when you know, yeah, this person asked for five thousand, ten thousand, but I need to give them more than that because this is worth more than that. Because deep down inside of us, we know you can't acquire something so great for something so cheap. And a great marriage is expensive. A fit body like like Barack or John Cena or you know in Bolt is
0: expensive.
1: <laughs> you understand? A healthy workplace, you know, a a fully functional workforce is expensive. A private ministry is expensive. A booming business is expensive. Respect amongst your peers and even the elder is expensive. And yeah. you can't expect to acquire these things without being willing to pay the cost or pay the price, better said. So as a final word, word is an invitation to being at peace. With pain, yeah. Because (laughs) when you pay, it's an exchange, right? You go to a hotel. You're not just losing your money; you're gaining the service. You're gaining the nice bedroom in front of the ocean with the white curtains and an infinity pool in your balcony. You know, and endless mimosas and freshly cut fruits. You know that you can post on your Instagram. So that's the reward, right? That That's the exchange. And just fix your eyes on what you're going to gain or what you stand to gain much more than what you stand to lose. And if I'll just peg that to the scripture very quickly, it mm-hmm. says that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just Fixing his heart on the cross, he also fixed his heart on what was the on what the cross was going to produce. Right? He knew it was going to produce this conversation between you and I, who which is going to be heard by who knows how many people, you know, in the nearest future. And he thought of that and it made him happy. And that happiness was enough mm-hmm. to lay his life down. You know? Yeah. So those would be my, my final words. That's not going to from the cross. Yeah. That's wrong. As a matter of fact, that's what the, the, the hymn says, right? It says, yeah. let me read it again. It says, it says, so, I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. So again, the poem, the, the, the hymn relates the cross to an exchange, right? I didn't even see that, you know? So, and exchange it someday for a crowd. Right? Because it's an exchange. It's not just a loss. It's also a gain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So yeah, looking at things from that point of view, you know, yeah. very beneficial. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank God. Yeah, so I'll pray and then we we'll would leave. Thank you.
2: Father, in the
1: name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just pray for ourselves here and for anyone who's listening that they receive the grace to endure the cross even to the very end, which will lead lead to a more beautiful beginning. Father, I pray that in times of great indecision that we receive the spirit of discernment to become aware of what is truly worth more Mm -hmm. And what is truly worth less. Amen. And choose what is worth more. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, El. God bless you. My full pleasure. God bless you, Dan.